Is this good? We're going to risk it, I guess. What do you mean? What's the risk? Well, we're just going to, we don't have headphones and we're just going to record on two different computers. What other solution is there? Think ahead and bring an XLR cable instead of what I brought? Yeah, you really dropped the ball on this one. I did. I'm sorry. Every time we try to record at my apartment, something goes wrong. <laughs> it's true. So this is what should be expected. No, I expect you to grow and change. But don't you also like a ritual and <laughs> a tradition? I do like rituals. Yeah. Yes. You know, since this is a lounging show, I'm going to take off my shoes. Yeah, we're just sitting on the couch. That was my shoe hitting the floor. That's the other one. Usually we sit at a table or at desks and we have good posture. Mm-hmm. I'm sure delivery is going to be different on this one because I'm just leaning back. I'm lounging. Lounging. This is our lounging show. So loungy. People are going to be so relaxed at the end of this because we're so relaxed. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Just going to put my feet up on the couch and. Okay. Hold on. Put them towards you. <laughs> Our legs are 69ing. <laughs> what an awful position. It really is. I don't know why people like it. You've done it for sure? You've done it? I've done it. For, no, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Are you sure? <laughs> that I have. I think if I recall somewhere in my memory, yes, but it was so awful that I tried to forget it. I buried it deep with yeah. all the shame. Yeah. I did not enjoy it. I do not enjoy it. I'm not interested in it. Who does enjoy it? Uh, old people. It seems like an old <laughs> traditional <laughs> position. Before you get married, you can't uh, you can't commit to anyone until you're 69. Them. That's how you know if it's real compatibility. To me, 69ing is something you do because it's a thing, not because you think this will be great or this will this will increase some sexy thing that I'm interested in. I just felt like I was being smothered, like I couldn't breathe. Yeah, you can't breathe. It was scary. A panic kicked in. Really? Yeah. And then any breath that you can get is just like <laughs> right above that butthole. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Breathe in the butt air. No, but it's like you're drowning and then you get to the surface, but you can only stay at the surface for a second. So you gasp for as much air as you can get. <gasps> and you can't get at. Okay, this is enough. I feel like the man can't get at where he needs to get at in that position as easily. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't remember where my mouth was. <laughs> okay. Again, I was okay. in the middle of panicking. <laughs> Your mouth was focused on receiving oxygen. Yeah, yeah. my brain was not focused at all on the act itself. I'm sure that made things work very well for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You're not focused on that either. Right. What a pointless position. Yeah. Get out of here. Now, if you had a no, but then you need you need your mouth. If you had a nose snorkel, so you could plug it into your nose, and the snorkel could come up around the person's body. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. A sixty-nine snorkel. I'm still not interested. I was trying to think of a clever name for this sixty-nine snorkel, but I couldn't think of anything. I was trying to marry six and snorkel because yeah. they both started with that. Just a sex snorkel. <laughs> yeah. Sure. 
hate it. Yeah, I think uh, reverse cowgirl. You just see some legs in front of you. It's weird and bony. For Not you, fun. from your point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for you, what do you see? A back and a butt and a butt. Big deal. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I I think it's just because people are the regular positions boring. I don't think so. It's not about the position that's being used. Right. It's the connection with the person. <laughs> right. I really, I believe that. So who cares if you have sex the same way, if you're into it. Yeah. But at some point, I don't really like having sex with this person. So I don't want to see you turn around. Yeah. We need to mix it up. Stare at my, which is fine. But yeah, stare at my knees because I, your face actually just turns me off. And this way I can just imagine it's someone else. That's true. I'm looking at you and I know what your poop smells like because we've lived together for so long. So I don't want to look at you and know that. So turn around. Yeah. Just let me see where the poop comes out. Oh, shoot. Now I'm thinking about that. All right. Uh. <laughs> see, this is how sex gets ruined. Yeah. Just sexy bonobos. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. Where did it start? Because this has nothing to do with the topic. The topic is so... <laughs> So mundane compared to this. That's true. So tell us which part of the show you liked better, the intro or the actual show. <laughs> Don't tell us anything. Don't like tell that. us that. Oh, it's crotch chop time. It's always crotch chop time. Crotch, crotch chop. Yeah. Do people know what the crotch chop is? People know what the crotch chop is. Okay. Wrestling made it popular in 1997. Who did it? Well, the NWO and WCW did it first. They were crotch chopping all over the place. But then to Generation X and WWF at the time before they had to drop the F because the World Wildlife Foundation yeah. <laughs> came after them. That panda? Them. Yeah, the panda. That's a dolphin. That's the dolphin. Yeah. Uh, DX started doing the X crotch chop. Oh. We crossed the arms. That's like when you're uh, jumping rope and you... <laughs> You do the twist in front of you and still make it. Yeah. It's, it's a variation. It's a, an evolution of the crotch chop. Mm -hmm. Just like I was crotch chopping at those people today who were walking very slow on the sidewalk in front of us. Yeah. I was annoyed. I was actually more annoyed because they looked back at us when we were making strange noises. We, we were making strange noises. Yeah, you can't they're... expect someone not to be like, what is that? sound that's happening i want to smile me. i want someone to turn around to see what it is and then smile right not act like i'm some alien i don't <laughs> need to look i don't need to look like i'm something the person's never seen before in their life yeah that's gonna get you a secret crotch chop <laughs> <laughs> so and if you yeah people need to know that people need to know if you turn around at someone being weird and look at them like they're weird you're gonna get a secret crotch chop so just be prepared. And if you happen to see the crotch chop, I'm not backing down. Mm -mm. I'll then I'll add suck it to it. I'll say verbally suck it as I crotch chop you. Suck it. And then they say, what did you say to me? Suck it. What did you say? And then I cross the arms. Suck it. What did you say? Like, that's all they do. <laughs> just goes on. Come again. For hours. Right. Excuse me. <laughs> no one progresses it. Yeah, what was that voice? I forget the voice is that way. Something like this. So we saw a sign for uh, when you could have your dog off the leash in the park. And it was before 9 a.m. and after 9 p.m. Yes. 
then we were talking. Wasn't it like that? It was something like this. Yeah, but can I please have my dog up, Nelly? It is not 9.07 p.m. right now. It is 9.07 a.m. You cannot have the dog off the leash. But I did not bring my leash. Can I please have my dog on the leash? It is 9.08 now. No, 9.08 a.m., not 9.08 p.m. But it says, the sign says 9. (laughs) Anyway, that's what we were doing. And it was amusing us to no end. And And then they looked at us and we fucking crotch chopped them. What planet are you for? Suck it! Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. And this week is my week for to tell about the topic. And I chose the topic because I am in New York City. And we did some touristy thing things? Thing. Uh, we did things. We did things, but we, we went specifically to the... Uh, I showed you around the beautiful buildings, the New York Public Library main branch yes. at Bryant Park. And it was beautiful. It was filled with tourists. And I took you into Grand Central. Oh, yeah. That was nice. Beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah, I like this kind of stuff. Like, that's the touristy stuff I like to do. There's a reason people go see those places. Right. Because the amount of work and thought that was put into them, unlike structures these days, concrete, glass, no kind of decorative flair. Yeah. What is that? Why won't anyone put something interesting? I mean, they'll put some sort of, um, they, they they may have a style. You know, these newer constructions, like they might be interesting to look at with different um, like textures. You know, like some of those newer apartment buildings, these kind of shorter ones will have like a flat white wall, but then a thing that juts out that's like wood or something. At least that's they're trying to do something visually interesting. Yeah. But the old style of making something interesting had so much more um, depth to it because they a bunch of meaning in everything they there's did. symbolism in everything yeah. so that's really neat to look at and notice and wonder what the symbolism was the symbolism now is uh keep costs to a minimum mm-hmm. maximize profits yeah that's that's ultimately what it comes down to this looks really contemporary so we can charge 500 dollars extra a month which is a shame but that's not our topic no we just went to these places and had to deal with Tourists. So we're going to talk about tourists. Yeah, tourists. It ties, in, it ties into tourism. Flooding cities. Ruining people's communities. Right. Um, I mean, just, all right, we can just start with, again, there's a reason to go to the main public library here in New York. Or any tourist sort of place, well, right? Well, I mean... Times Square. I don't know what people get out of that. I don't either. Come here and see all the advertisements. You're just walking right in. It's like this is the fly paper and you're the stupid fly. Yeah. Come look. Wow. It's a Aldo it's, shoes. Whoa. <laughs> Sony? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forever 21. Oh, H&M. Cool. I'm going to go into New York City and buy something from H&M. I mean, another bug analogy. You're like moths mm-hmm. drawn to the lights. No, I know. And that, I mean, look, it's. I think it's a it's it's a, a a remnant of the past because people didn't see something like that a long time ago, and now it 
seems like whether we've we have too much stimulation or more stimulation you know we're it, it's not as impressive as it used to be like wow look at this big city with all this electricity surging through it and lighting all these lights who gives a shit yeah i mean big screens weren't everywhere like they are now yeah and here comes a dirty disgusting elmo to rape me of five dollars to take a picture with my son if if you do not tip the elmo the Elmo takes your son hostage. That's I've heard that he does that. Well, they don't. They don't let the kids go until you give them money. <laughs> they do hold on to really? them. Really? Yes. I was just going with you. Oh, but that's the truth. Yeah. It's not some. I mean, they don't run away with them, and kidnap them, but they yeah. hold them there. Um. They want their money, but you know, Times Square used to be a place I would go see in my mind, an old New York, filled with porn shops and pickpockets. Yeah. Pick that pocket. was that was the place you wanted to go. I saw a video on someone took. They lived in Times Square and they took it from their apartment window. And a guy down there got in a fight with another guy and the guy punched him and the guy was knocked out and he was just laid out on the street and other people came up. He's like, oh, they're going to help them or help that guy. They just stole his wallet, <laughs> <laughs> left him lying there on the ground. Yeah. And I mean, that's shitty behavior. But to me, it's more interesting than what it's become now. Well, that's part of the point is um, so I want to talk about that. There's other things about tourists specifically, but tourism is something that we've talked about um, where people want to to visit these other cities or these other places, but they also don't want to be one, inconvenienced or two, uncomfortable. Yeah, they don't want to be taken out of the existence that they're used to at right. all. So, so what, yeah, so what do you do um, to, to attract tourists that don't want to have these inconveniences or whatever you put some garbage restaurants in there uh and make it very comfortable for them to be there but then it takes away the reason to visit that place because then you could just go to any other place that also has those things yeah the the travel at that point isn't about going to experience a different culture or to see what that location has to offer mm -hmm. it's just to say you were in that location right. which this is a big thing now that tourism and travel tourism has spread china with their middle class has really started to travel quite a bit um they're not being catered to as much that we're, we're talking about still catered to seemingly americans who i mean i don't know how widespread an apples be applebee's is across the world mm -hmm. maybe it's in every country <laughs> your neighborhood bar and grill <laughs> but those seem to be one of the restaurants that are in these places mm -hmm. um, that people, I, I know that place. I know exactly what I'm getting. There's no risk involved with that. Right. I know it's shit. I'm in the city and I don't know these restaurants. So I'm going to go to the place that's safe. I know that I can get, you know, a queso blanco quesadilla. But the thing I think before people who wanted to travel were People who wanted to travel, meaning they made the choice. It took a little more work as it's become easier. More people do it, but they don't, as you said, want to get out of their comfort zone and it's become cheaper. So more people are doing it. And there are whole like Venice, for example, mm. in Italy is just it just becomes a place that caters to the tourists. So the people who live there actually start to lose amenities. Uh, I feel like Amsterdam was one of these places where especially in certain dist districts where people live, but grocery stores and stuff are gone now because yeah. it's just not viable 
Because tourists don't care about a grocery store. No, so they just put in shops that cater to tourists. Which is sad because I love going to a grocery store in a different country because it makes you it get you get to see like what people are actually buying. This is I don't want to go to the gift shop and get, you know, a thing of spiced rum that probably was shipped from the United States, you (laughs) know, but you got it in that country. You're going to bring it back. Yeah. What's it mean? It means nothing. But that's it's like going to the Captain D's by the water thinking you're getting something still coming from Cisco or whatever. The seafood market is sitting there with all the fresh seafood. Yeah. And then you go to the Captain D's and God knows where that came from. A farm in a landlocked state. Yes. We just we just have a big pool where we raise the yeah, fish. Some white fish. Yeah. We slaughter them. We ship them. It's a real streamlined operation. Yep. Slaughter them, freeze them, ship them. So what happens in these neighborhoods, though, is when the amenities are gone, people leave, and then they no longer are residential neighborhoods. Then they just become these generic wastelands yeah. that people still go to. Disney World. Yeah, manufactured mm-hmm. completely. That is what Times Square has become. There's nothing there. There's no reason for anyone who lives in this city to go to Times Square. Right. Sometimes you're in the area because Broadway, the theaters are up there. Uh, Outside of that, unless you're unfortunate enough to work in a building in Times Square, there's zero reason to go. I had a friend that lived here and he had to make his way through Times Square and like by Rockefeller Center. And during Christmas, he was like during these holidays, he hated it because you were just, you know, weaving and bobbing your way through tourists who didn't know what they were doing didn't think about they they're trying to get somewhere but they don't know how to get there so it's not like everyone is moving you know blocking the sidewalk yes looking up i'm a snob about it i don't give a shit (laughs) what do i care what you think there is there i do think about that sometimes like i enjoy living in a place that people want to come visit. That is cool. Mm-hmm. I live here and people want to come see it. And I can appreciate that. But there are the times. Just get out of my way. What are you doing? I'm fortunate enough. Well, I work in Soho. And that shopping district gets pretty crazy. I bet. But I, I weave and walk fast. And I like to think that people see me. And they say, oh, yeah. Look at that guy. A real yeah. New Yorker. That's New York. It was like the time I saw a tour <laughs> happening. And I was going to therapy. And I had this... I mean, maybe it's a little full of myself, I guess. But I had this idea. <laughs> I guess it is. Put it, inserting myself <laughs> into fantasies and people are looking at me and being impressed at my existence. Yeah, it's the definition of full of myself. Uh, but, no, I get it. Like, I was, it's like you became part of the tour because here's a real life New Yorker well, walking, walking to, therapy, to work or therapy. This one was therapy. And I, I imagine the tour guide saying, and there is a guy going to therapy. Yeah, and an, his, an even, authentic New York Jew. Yeah, as the, <laughs> he's actually a half Jew. As therapy has become more mainstream, maybe it's not the same, but you know, in, in New York, it's mm-hmm. always been a thing. Mm-hmm. And whoa, and then people stopping me and posing for pictures yeah. with me, having me sign things. Like, ah, that guy was going to therapy again. They tell their friends the story. Yeah, we saw a real New Yorker. He was going to therapy. It was so cool. He was neurotic. Yeah, just like you would imagine. Mm-hmm. So there are those moments. He probably has a really sexually liberated girlfriend. <laughs> is that is that part of that? Well, I think about um uh what's his name? Uh uh the Nebishi um Manhattan and Radio Days. Yeah, I know you're talking about. I want to see if you can get his name. I know. You're not allowed to like him anymore though, so that's probably yes. why. 
Woody. Woody. Allen. Uh, Allen. <laughs> Woody Allen. <laughs> Sorry. You didn't do it. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think about him, and in all his movies, he's like Diane Keaton is always the sexually liberated woman. Well, in Annie Hall, I had to teach her that. I guess so. It was kind of a fucked up dynamic. Yeah. He taught her to be well read and. Okay, but still. Anyway. I know what you're saying. I got it. All right. That's where I was going. That's why I said that. Uh, Thanks sure. for making we can me add that dissect to that. the frog. We can add that to okay. this tour guide who shows people me. So part of when I am a tourist, I don't want to seem like a tourist. I want to see some touristy things because maybe that's why you go to these places to, is to see, you know, something ancient. Or um, there's certainly things to see. Yes. And I want to I want to do that. But I don't want to be lumped in with the other tourists. I want people to think that I live in that city and that I'm showing the friends around me the thing (laughs) because I don't. I don't understand how people are so oblivious. And I'm not saying you have to walk around pretending that you're not a tourist if you're a tourist. That's fine. But to stand in the middle of a sidewalk and look up or take some picture off a bench and not you know and blocking people from walking or stopping in a doorway just weird things like that i don't understand why people don't consider that and realize what they're doing you're you are in a place where other people do live and work not everyone here is a tourist so please use sidewalks properly just because you're here as a tourist doesn't mean you get to just like take over well americans especially don't know how to use sidewalks because no one's walking anywhere yeah here obviously an outlier i guess in other certain cities you get people walking uh but for the most part it's all driving Mm -hmm. no one knows a sidewalk it's like the highway yeah in new york do not block every lane right i find myself walking in the street all the time you see you look ahead, you're like, all right, you're gauging what's coming mm-hmm. and you are proactive about it. I'm just getting in the street now, so I don't have to deal with that later. And it's it's part of the way it goes. Again, I like that people want to come here. It's a big part of the economy of New York. New York hasn't catered so much. There aren't, I mean, Times Square has become the one place, I think, that's just completely... Mm-hmm. for tourists yeah. at this point. But outside of that, the city isn't changing to cater to them. And I can appreciate that because you see that happening. And as I brought up in other cities that are getting an influx, I mean, something like Venice, which, yeah, it's a city that maybe shouldn't exist <laughs> because all the canals and the strange. Yeah. Um, and but don't point, you want to take a, 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 a gondola ride? But it actually be for the purposes of getting somewhere and not just because we're in Venice and we have to take a gondola ride. It's just like a Disney, like I'm saying, it's like a Disney World ride at that point. Like the log flume. Yes. Without the drops. Yeah. It's worth seeing. And I understand why people would want to go there because it's a unique place. But if it ends up being fake, then what's the point? There is no point. Right. I think we agree on that. It's annoying. And I don't know how to stop that trend because the only way it stops is people are making the choice to change cities, 
to cater to the influx of tourists. And if they made those changes and it didn't make money, then they would stop making those changes. Mm, but it made the money. But people end up going. Yeah. And I don't know if they're demanding familiarity. Right. Yeah, they might not be. But when it's presented to them, they just, okay, I know that. Yeah, they're going to take the easier way out and go to that Applebee's. And so. Instead of some sh like little place that they don't know is going to be good or not. And I think if you're going to travel, it may be, again, you can do whatever you want. But it, I feel like it's mindful. You need to be mindful of not going to those places. Don't support that shit. No. Go to different. Why did you go? Why did you go? You could have gone to your local Applebee's at that point. You're crying. Your eyes are tearing up. You're so passionate I about yawned. this. Oh, okay. Good content makes me sleepy. <laughs> 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 well, we had coffee. And you know how sometimes coffee can really make you tired? It has the like reverse Every once in a while, it feels like every fifth coffee actually does the opposite. It makes you tired. <laughs> every fifth coffee. Something. There's some like, <laughs> and that's how I feel right now. I feel a little sleepy. Uh, that's all right. I wanted to know where it was. What are you looking for? My coffee cup. Is it back oh, there? Oh, it's back there on that counter. I'll stay on the couch and reach for it because... Because the counter in my kitchen's right next to my couch. That's right. There's plenty of times I'm eating things on the couch and I can just put the dishes directly in the sink without getting up. Perfect. Yeah, some people would say that's a dream. Now, I do want to say, whenever I'm here in New York with you, you sort of accidentally take me on a Greg tour of things where you point things out to me that are really interesting. We pass and, and see other tours going on and think how lame it is. I think that's happened twice. We've been around a tour and we thought, what are they saying? Who cares what they're talking about? Um, we were in Dumbo and then the other day when we were in Washington Square Park. Yes. Um, and that guy was giving a tour about like a tree or something. And then the and then some building in the background that was very boring. He was telling them it's a it's it's a funny little building. It's multi-use. The pumps for the fountain are housed in there and there are bathrooms that's in that a, building. That's a funny little building. <laughs> I would be so pissed on that tour. Those tours are pretty expensive. I bet. But you know what? Greg takes you around and you pass by a movie theater, the IFC movie theater that has a little peephole into the... Uh, the into main a, theater into the main theater and you can watch a little movie and we peeped in there um uh what else did you take me to uh, i the whispering walls in grand, grand central. central that's something that's become more well known yeah with the internet internet's revealed all the secrets to cities uh i told you about the six train if you stay on the six train going downtown the Brooklyn Bridge it loops around and goes through the old city hall station everyone knows this now though but I feel like 15 years ago I found out about it I was like yeah not that many people knew mm -hmm. and I felt special it's all yeah. about making myself feel special <laughs> um, and that's taken away there was that little the smallest piece of private property in Manhattan yep just the small triangle that they ripped apart 7th Avenue to put in the subway lines and eminent domain cost someone their building but in rezoning that left them a very small triangle very of land. small and they put a plaque on that triangle and said it was not for public public use yeah <laughs> which 
I, I appreciate that kind of stuff. There's so much history in this city. And I really get into it. And I like the small history. Yeah. I just like little facts. And it's much more interesting than giving me a tour of like, this is Dumbo. This is down under the Manhattan Bridge, whatever. Overpass. Overpass. Because if we drop the O, it would just be dumb. Right. So they have to call it Dumbo. But I don't know. If I was visiting another country, I guess I'd want to try and take a tour. But then I'd be afraid it would be so dumb. You can do the work yourself and figure out things you want to see. Mm-hmm. If there's some part of that place's history that interests you. Yeah. Or if you like food and you're going and they, there's certain cuisine, you can figure these things out alone. Uh, it requires a little bit more work. So some people jump into the tours and some tours are worthwhile. I'm sure there are good tours. I feel like inside a museum, maybe a tour of the artwork might be nice because then they could tell you something that you might not notice about it or tell you some history of the artist and where they were when they painted or why they painted something. You know what I mean? There would be something to that. But just to take you around and tell you about like buildings. Well, that building that the guy was pointing out was ridiculous because yeah. that thing was built like three years ago and it's not a good looking building. No, it's a funny little building. But architecture in general, getting back to that, kind of how we started the show, there's plenty of stuff yeah. to point out and to... I guess I would want more... Uh, I would I want to say like more interesting, but what I think I mean is weirder. You know, I would, I'm more interested in something that's a little weirder to look at or just an experience. So in the library, there um, were a lot of tourists walking around and you took me through the tourists and into the quiet, into yeah, this like the actual library part. Right. Where they the, weren't allowed in. You're, if you're a tourist, you're not allowed to let, you're not allowed to go past a certain point. Right. You can go in, but then there's no more photos and people uh-huh. that are just there for the photos. Right. They do a very good job of regulating that. So it's a wide open room with beautiful ceilings and so beautiful. nice win- big windows and people come in. They want to take pictures of it. Yeah. But they don't want to be there. They just want to take a picture of it. Yeah. I would. I was m- much happier. So we walked in and we sat at a table and we quietly, very quietly spoke to each other and looked around and pointed things out. And that was way better than having a picture of it from way on the other side of the room. Because you're experiencing it at that point. You're taking it in. Yes. And I know this argument has been made so many times about taking photos of things that already have a million photos Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. At that point, it's not, I don't know what it is. A lot of, I, I feel like previously photos were to capture moments, to trigger your memories about the moments you had in a place. Mm. But now it seems like the moments aren't happening and the photos are a stand in for the moments. Yes, you're right. Just I have this. I'm not I'm not I'm not physically experiencing this space. If I'm you, just here to, to take a picture of it. If you wanted to take the photo and then you went and sat in that room and took in the room like we did. Then that photo could trigger that memory. Yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah. It's for you posting it online. I I guess it gets you some likes, but it's not a unique thing. Right. It's like these photos are everywhere. So, well, and you feel that way in particular about there's that street where you can see the Brooklyn Bridge in between uh, the, the Man- two buildings. The Manhattan oh, Bridge. Oh, Manhattan Bridge. It's framed. And then under the 
arch of the tower, you can see the Empire State Building. Okay. And someone took a look. It's a nicely framed photo, and someone mm-hmm. took a picture of that a long time ago. It became a somewhat famous photo, and now everyone takes it. Like it's still an active street, and it's just got people blocking the street constantly. Yeah, cars drive down that street. People are just standing. This is. Yeah, that's their experience. Is the picture not actually seeing what? That's pretty. That's a cool looking scene that I'm looking at. Yeah, and I think I just, I whenever I travel, I try to be respectful of the place mm-hmm. I'm going. I don't want to be catered to. I don't want to interrupt the natural flow of life. Right. And standing in the middle of that street to get that photo is interrupting. It's, it's just, I don't care that this is a functioning, active place. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I need that. Forget the rest of you. And that bothers me. Yeah. And I can't say what's wrong or right, but I can. That's fucking wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I just, that's just indicative overall of people and their lack of care about others. Yeah. I'm in in existence. Are you? It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. Are you saying they're saying that? Like, are you? Yeah, I'm in existence. Are you in existence? Oh, uh uh-huh. Kind of. I think. I took a picture of it, so I am. Well, no, I meant like, you know, they're impacting other people's existence, but that other people's existence doesn't register to them. Oh, I see. I don't care. Yeah, that's true. They don't care. They spent money to get here, and they're going to experience it in the way that they want to experience it, whether that has to do with how that place really is or not, or what. It doesn't matter. But it, it, it depends on your purpose of traveling. If you're going to a place to get the photos and just say that you've been there, then that's the kind of behavior you get. Mm -hmm. When I go to a different place, I like to take it in for what it is, which is why I like to just go to different neighborhoods randomly Mm -hmm. that aren't touristy and just see how people live. And, you know, there's part of me that likes to pretend that I live there. If I'm if I'm staying, especially if I get an Airbnb, which for the most part I'm opposed to. Just, <laughs> right. Airbnbs are also ruining yeah. cities. Yeah. It's more of like Disney World again. Yeah. I mean, it's allowing uh, this building. Next you can to pretend me, that you live here, which is fine. I Airbnb in itself and cities that have low vacancy rates uh, are taking more apartments away. And they're usually breaking the law. Most laws say that unless you've got a hotel license. Right. And obviously this is different in different cities, but unless you have a hotel license, you can't rent out a room for less than 30 days to someone. And yeah. what do you say about the building next to you? Uh, they've Someone's got an Airbnb over there because they're just constantly people. Oh, really? Out. But that doesn't bother me because I do think, well, they're here in this neighborhood. And so they can see what it's like. They've never caused any problems, nobody. But you see them constantly lugging up suitcases uh-huh. and looking around kind of lost trying to figure it out. Um yeah, my reasons against Airbnb aren't so much that tourists are coming in. It's just it's still another thing that disregards people who live in the actual city. It's catering to tourists. Right. So, yeah, your big thing is that you don't want to be catered to because then that place is altering itself no, th- th- for a tourist. Yeah, then it becomes about. And then it's it, as it's not as authentic. Yeah, I want the experience of actually knowing a different place. 
something different than my actual world. And I try to find that. I just, I will just blend in as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Then when I was in Shanghai, that was for work, but we had some days and we walked around. Can't really blend in there so much. (laughs) Right. People came up to me and started taking photos with me and I didn't know what was going on. And then we had someone with us who was there to help us translate. And they said they were probably from just inland China. Oh, okay. And they don't ever see white people. Yeah. And they are on vacation themselves in Shanghai. Wow. And, <laughs> and they took look. your picture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A group of three old ladies came up to me and then gave the camera to the man they were with. Yeah. Took, what'd you do? I just posed. <laughs> stood there. And that picture exists somewhere. Yeah. And I'm the... I'm the uh, anomaly in right. it. Right. Like, look at this freak. <laughs> look what I saw. I mean, that's something that I, you, we would never do. You would never walk up to someone <laughs> just because, like, look, you're Chinese. I'm gonna take your picture with me. What? Well, yeah, I think because we, if you were isolated most of your life, yeah, and you just lived around people who looked like you, but wouldn't you be sneaky? I guess when you're old ladies, it doesn't really matter. You just do whatever you want. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. But you travel to the city. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's tough because America's diverse. Right. So right. we've maybe that's somewhere that's homogenous and everyone looks like you. Yeah. And you're already living in the rural part of it. Uh-huh. So you don't see anyone that doesn't look like you. And then you go to the city. Well, look, it's one of those. (laughs) It's a white person. Grab the photo. And then they show it to their grandkids. So you tried to blend in in Shanghai. Well, you can't so much. But you tried to at least not stick out any more than you already were. I just, I still just wanted to experience being there. I, I also don't like being served. That's one of the things in general when you travel, people want to be pampered and catered to, and that's okay. Uh, you know, that can be part of the relaxation of it. But when we were in the hotel, there was this lounge, and like, I'd like a beer, but you could get the beer yourself. And if one of the people working it saw you, they would like run in front of you and grab it and open it. And it's, like, oh. it's like, I can get this. It's And it wasn't for a tip or anything because you're not tipping there. Right. It was just service, mm-hmm. which, look, I'm not against, just for me. You don't have to do that for me. Or in Tokyo, when people were like apologetic because I, oh, they because couldn't. they didn't speak English. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, I'm in your country. Yeah, I should be trying to speak your language. It would never fly here no. in the United States. Someone walks into a restaurant or a store and just demands that you speak French or whatever their language is. Yeah. What do you? What? <laughs> you want to be apologetic? And I know if you go to France, it's maybe different. You don't try to speak French, and you're going to get some attitude. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so apologetic in Tokyo. I mean, that is part of their thing, right? Their culture. Um, yeah, I think that there um, are a lot of people who haven't traveled. Um, and even if they have traveled, they've only been interested in the sort of being the, the tourist that we're talking about, where it's like you go eat at the Applebee's or something. Um, and you they really lose out on gaining perspective from their own life. So um, I have a friend whose dad is kind of kind of racist. And it really seems like it's because he's never been a minority. Um, or no, and, and I'm not saying that in some sort of like weird sociology way. 
but just been the minority going to a restaurant and not knowing exactly how to order it because order whatever because it's in a different language and that's not because he you would be oppressed it's because you're in a different country in a different culture and then when you but when you uh are here and you're this old man and you think people who speak different languages are i'm sorry who, who are here in the united states and can't speak english they have no perspective for what that must feel like because even if they have traveled they've just gone to the applebee's and gotten whatever they knew <laughs> so you really lose even not just being in the moment and being connected and experiencing a place but you also lose the perspective that you might gain from travel there is a large number of people yeah. who aren't interested in any of that. They have their life. They're fine with it. They don't want to expand their horizons. Right. And ultimately that's what they end up doing. I mean, think about the suburbs in this country. They're the same. You could outside of different landscapes. Like if you went West and you were in the Rocky mountains, yeah, yeah. you would know that you're in a different spot. But if that aside blindfolded, you drop someone off, you're going to have the same shit everywhere. Well, they do that with the store's layout. They make the layouts the same so that you feel familiar no matter what state you're in. You know? The Target is arranged the same way in wherever as it is where uh, some other places. <laughs> yeah. Those places don't even deserve to have names is what you're saying. Yeah. I don't even know the names of these places. Yeah, who cares what the name is? The dumb it's just exactly the same across the board. Mm -hmm. And I guess if you want to live your life <laughs> in some comfortable way, that's fine. Yeah. It's whatever. But then what's the point of traveling is what I mean. But see, you're just thinking of it as you and I'm thinking right. of it as me. So as this other person, it really at that point just turns into I went somewhere. That's all it is. I went there. That's exactly what it is. We were in uh, Greece and we were by the Parthenon and uh, there were some restaurants down like near there and I didn't want to go because I figured it would be very like dumbed down Greek food and it was fine and a lot of the and it was funny the menu had a bunch of different language options because it was such a touristy place. And I feel like that's something, you know, if you're, if you're desperate because you don't know what you're doing and you're scared, that's something that's nice to have, I guess. Um, even though it wasn't an Applebee's, you know, but it was a, just a restaurant that was catered, very catered to tourism. But put yourself in a situation that is different and a little intimidating do that. Go to go to a restaurant off the beaten path that doesn't have an English glossy menu with pictures on it and see what happens. And then if you order something nuts, then at least you get to talk about like, yeah, I was in Greece and I ordered this crazy goat head. I didn't know what I was doing and then I didn't know how to eat it. And then the waiter came and taught like taught me something and they laughed at me because I didn't know how to do it. And I felt silly, but it was fun and they were nice. And I took a picture with them. And now there's my picture of that time I had. It wasn't that I just took a picture of a restaurant. You know the, what I mean? It was that goat head experience. <laughs> yes. Remember that? That was so cool. This is that goat head. Remember the waiter? He was so, he taught me. That's an experience. Going to a restaurant and pointing at the English menu of like moussaka is pretty boring. You can, I mean, that's one thing we're all guilty of 
native English speakers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the world does cater to us. We don't even take the time to learn another language. Yeah. I will learn a few phrases in a, in a different language. Oh, yeah. Mostly I don't know how to speak your language. Right. <laughs> Please, thank you. Stuff like that. Yeah. At that point, you make a little bit of an effort. And I think it goes a long way with some people. Maybe not. I, the, that anxiety you feel, though, if you're going to. I feel that anxiety. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's quite often I'm scared to go into places. Maybe scared is not the right word, but intimidated. Yeah, because they don't know the way it works. Mm-hmm. I do like routine also. Yeah. Even here in New York, going to new places, I don't know the way this works. I don't. Yeah. Where do you stand? Yeah. It where do be. you pay? Am I supposed to it induces, order here? It induces some anxiety. So especially when you're in a place where you can't speak the language and you're going to go. But that's I think that ultimately is the point. Yes, of it all. Point. You go in and you act timid and you whisper <laughs> because you can't <laughs> speak. And you don't want people to, if you're trying to speak their language here, that you can't do it that well. Yeah. And then they talk back to you like, and you're like, <laughs> and you panic. Yeah. It's like when I went to a gas station in the middle of Germany and uh, I went in to pay and I knew that the attendant was going to speak German. Mm hmm. And I just wanted to say that I asked if they spoke English, but instead I ended up spe- asking if they spoke German and then said no. And I think the way it came off was, you speak German? No. Because <laughs> what you wanted to say was like, me like me speak German? No. Yeah. Yeah. And then the attendant apologized in English. Oh, and then for the but that's what you would do if someone came up to you. You were working somewhere and they were trying to speak English to you. You well, know, the, the you'd ap- be like, "I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying." The apology to me was, but it's the apology to me came off as, "Oh, I'm sorry that I spoke that German I to you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably not what happened. It was probably all lost in translation. And but that drive home, then I will drive back to Munich, where my home was at that point. Mm. I just was cursing myself out. It's like, you stupid piece of shit, you fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> On the Autobahn going 100-something kilometers an hour. I was like, I'll just crash this car. You ever think about that when you're driving? You just pull the wheel to the right or left oh, yeah. pretty quickly and roll the whole thing. and just It's a lot of power you hold in your hands. That's the imp of the perverse. Just, mm. Yeah, it's like, what if we did this? That noise, by the way, was me pulling the wheel. Yeah. There was a visual involved with it. I pretended I turned the wheel to the right, but nobody saw. They just heard. Mm. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> the end. I was I was on a bus and we were going over a bridge with a very small guardrail. Mm. I thought, what if this driver just right now decided to yeah. just dump us all into the water? He could. Sure. I mean, anybody could do anything at any time. Anyone. That's catastrophizing. Where was that pilot? That German wings flight. The one pilot. Oh, that's right. Went to the bathroom. Yeah. Then the one left in the cockpit locked the door and just dove the plane into mountains. Why? Suicide. Why do you got to kill everybody else? Rude. It was a slow. (laughs) It was a slow descent, apparently. Oh, it was. It wasn't just nosedive. Yeah. It was like, let's just slowly go down. And then the pilot came out of the bathroom uh-huh. and couldn't get in and started panicking and trying to break the door down. And then so the everyone in the plane yeah, knew. Yeah, knew. An awful, 
awful way to go. How did we get on this? I don't know. Uh, way was, to go, Greg. It was me really? thinking about <laughs> ending things because because uh, I made a... Because you were a tourist on a bus once? No, because I <laughs> the, the gas station in Germany. Oh, wow. So you really spiraled down from there. Yeah. You were embarrassed and then you thought about killing people or lots of other people dying. Well, I didn't want other people to die. No, but it um, led you to start thinking about something so horrible. Well, you just think how much everyone's driving quickly at some point. Mm-hmm. And everyone just makes the choice not to end it. Yeah. Because we're uh, pack animals. We don't want to disturb the herd. Constantly, we're all just making choices not to end things. That's true. That's a, that is a way to think about living. Constantly choosing not to end it. <laughs> Right now I could end it. Take a knife. Sure. I mean, that takes a little more effort. Artie Lang did that. I think he stabbed himself a few times. Artie. You know he's doing really well. Have you seen him? Yeah, with that rubber nose. Oh, that's... If you haven't... If people... If you're listening... If you haven't seen Artie Lang in that collapsed nose of his, it's so sad. But look, if he's doing well, great. Yes, he's doing much better. It is still collapsed, though. Yeah, that's... All that cartilage is gone. It's all burnt away from the... Whatever you snorting. I was going to say Coke, but it's probably other things too. Stabbing yourself though. That's drugs. I mean, that's just speed, right? You know, the, the term speed kills wasn't because like it Driving will kill you. Quickly? No, no. Speed like the drug. The drug. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that. It wasn't that speed will kill you. It's that you people kill on speed. That was the original meaning behind speed kills. And then they, I brought up the driving because I've seen that before on those highway signs that flash. Uh huh. Speed kills. Oh, well, that's different then. They're not talking about drugs. <laughs> I know, but I, but I, I, I know they're not talking about drugs. <laughs> I wasn't saying that. It's what you said. No, I, heard I was it. saying that I've seen it. It's been hijacked. Yeah. And they've applied it to driving. Speed kills. Yeah. I guess people do they kill on speed? Yes, O.J. Simpson, speed. You know, I'm just thinking about drugs. Um, when I went to Tokyo, I was worried to bring in anything. I didn't have any drugs at that point, mm-hmm. but even like over the counter stuff. That's another thing. You gotta, you really have to know the laws of right. different places. I think people think that they'll get a pass. Oh, because they're uh, ignorance. I mm-hmm. didn't know. Like, yeah, ignorance doesn't mean that the law doesn't apply to you. Yeah. And there are different laws in different countries. So what were you afraid of in Japan, you said? Yeah, it's just like drugs there completely. I think the penalties are pretty harsh. Yeah. But I didn't even know like over the counter medications that are here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in other countries they are not allowed. Yeah. And you have to be careful because if you come in with that, I guess if you get caught at the airport, maybe they could give you a pass depending on what it is like advil for example <laughs> like that's not allowed here i think advil is allowed in tokyo but do you go through customs going in you do right yeah okay so would they see something then wouldn't they just confiscate it they would if it's, especially if it's not depends on what it is i think if it was just something like advil yeah and it was illegal and wherever you were going hopefully they just say no and get rid of it yeah but it's just like coming back into the country with things that are illegal here you go through customs and they confiscate it you don't get arrested for bringing in hamon that you're not supposed to bring from Spain or whatever. I mean, it, yeah, it depends if you're just bringing something. They yeah. Use, they use judgment. Yeah. Hopefully. 
people were coming back with those huge hundreds of dollars you know they've paid for those big legs of of a pig you know that's cured why would you want to travel with that well you want to carve it i guess at home and it is really really good but they they got it taken away and even um we went to toledo and they're sort of famous for swords i guess because there were swords everywhere and there's no way you could bring that sword like how do you bring a sword back home can you check a sword i i mean i guess it's a weapon yeah. i don't know what if you brought a sword can you, you just check it there's got to be a way to get it back yeah if it's something that's legal but maybe you can't just travel with it it's my carry on my personal carry on is my sword my support sword think about carrying a sword and you never see anyone carrying swords on the street no they're always just like up on a rack above like on a shelf which i'm glad i don't come across people carrying swords on a street <laughs> yeah. i think swords are probably illegal in most places most knives are illegal past a certain point oh with right the blade to carry this isn't a knife but that's what it's got to be regulation it's a samurai weapon could you get a permit to carry a sword i don't know it is a weapon so you, but you can get a permit to carry a gun. Yeah. This is my weapon of choice. And right to bear arms. To arms. It's a, I've armed myself yeah, with, with a this sword. sword. <laughs> Who are you to tell me? Where are these sword people? Swords are just decorative. Eh, they're functional. No, but I know, but they're not they, they are functional, but they're only used for decoration, right? And some sort of maybe if you're like cosplaying or something. <laughs> yeah. Take that to Dragon Con. Yeah. The real sword. Well, I think, did you bring it up when about Dragon Con where people, uh, how do you know if they're, they're holding like a real gun or not? Like a lot of people with weapons on them that are, you know, cross your fingers are fake. But there's, I guess they don't, you know. There's got to be some kind of check, but it does seem like a scenario where. Yeah. If you were crazy, you could somehow, because there are people are just marching around with all these guns mm -hmm. and they're fake guns. You're wearing a costume that covers your face and any other characteristic about your body. And then you have a fake, fake gun. During the parade, especially, I'm sure there's some check. It's a lot of people that. I... <laughs> anyway, tourists at Dragon Con. Can we link that to those two together? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess people do travel yeah. to Atlanta for Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. That's become a thing there. There's your link. Okay. Anything else you have on uh, tourism? I was trying to, uh, I mean, I guess I brought this up before. That And I started hitting on it here earlier, like going to neighborhoods and pretending I live somewhere. Like when I've been to London, which I guess London isn't so different. It is still. It is different. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know. It's it, surprisingly different things in England. Don't you think? England overall. Yes. Yeah. I think people do relate it because of the same language. Right. Um, but I, the living in New York and going to London, it's at least the aspect of a big city like that is lost on me. And that's just fine because I'm used to navigating a big city. It's still cool to figure out how to navigate it. But. I end up just, I, I go to, because it is English speaking, I'll go to movies. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I guess maybe that's weird to some people. It's like, why would you go to a place? And that's a valid argument. Why would you go to a place and just go to a movie? Or when I was in 
Tokyo the first time Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out. And I wanted to go see it, but I couldn't find one with English subtitles. Uh, yeah. I guess it had all been overdubbed. Else I would have gone. Sure. So why do you think that's something you like to do? I want to see. Well. Is it because you like pretending to live there? You're like, this is just me going to a movie? I think it helps me feel what it would be like to live okay. in a place. And that's one of the reasons I do that. Maybe the main reason I do it. It's why I just go to random neighborhoods and walk around. Mm-hmm. And who's this stranger walking along our streets looking <laughs> at our unlocked bikes? <laughs> He's definitely going to steal our bikes. Yeah, watch it. And that's the thing again. Nothing's locked up in Tokyo. The bikes oh, are yeah. just everywhere. Yeah, they leave their keys in the... And they're like motorcycles on the street. Yeah, what a trusting society. Mm-hmm. Well, no one wants to mess anybody else up. It was one of the things. I'm sure living there, not stealing is a nice thing, but the oppressive nature of society, living in that probably wears you down. Right. Uh, but Like being so considerate. But the sense of community, like meeting, being part of society mm-hmm. i'm not saying that everyone's got, got a community is completely friendly maybe they are maybe they aren't um i can like i get behind that a bit i also don't want to be completely like herd mind right but the fact that people care about other people and think about other people when i got back we went to L.A. right after Tokyo on this oh. work trip. <laughs> and I just one of the first things I saw. So nobody throwing trash anywhere in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And there aren't that many trash cans. So people are carrying it with them until they get to a spot. And a lot of smoking still happens there. And people have personal ashtrays that they clip to their belts and they ash in it and they put the cigarette butts in it. Then I get to L.A. And this woman gets in her car and just throws a Gatorade bottle uh. out onto the street in a McDonald's bag. And it's just very illustrative of the mindset. Not my problem. Mm-hmm. Someone else will clean that up. And I would, th- I, I think in a way, a lot of people who do travel have that mindset, the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just about them. I'm going to go and do my thing. This place was made for me to see. It so doesn't exist on its own. That's when you go to a theme park. Exactly. Don't go to the real place if you're just going to it, look for the things, the, the, the comforts of home. Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. Bless them. Hey, we have this really beautiful waterfront and we want to revitalize it. Okay, cool. You could do that with independently owned businesses mm-hmm. and just, nah, Hard, hard Rock. rock. <laughs> <laughs> we need another Hard Rock Cafe and this fake stucco building. Mm-hmm. And everyone looks exactly the same. And then it lures people in. Yeah. And I feel like I complained a lot about this. It was, yeah. There, There is a problem with these tourist-heavy cities where you, what we said before, where you lose um, and, and authenticity and maybe a, the reason why it became a touristy place to begin with. Iceland's going through this. Right, yeah. They wanted tourists to come, and then mm-hmm. Iceland Air quite often. Going to Europe, stop over. Mm-hmm. And like Reykjavik for... Oh, yeah. Reyk- everyone has now gone to Reykjavik for oh. like $200. Yeah, stop over. Stay for a couple nights. Mm-hmm. And it's worked too well. Now the Icelandic people 
hate mm-hmm. tourists. It's look, it's a boost to the economy, and I think people can get behind that. You really have to do something like that very conscientiously, right? To think about each phase of it and prepare for it so that the place can still uh, maintain its authenticity, but still, I mean, not make it so that anybody who visits who's a tourist is miserable there or doesn't, like, can't function there because of the culture being so different or the language being so different, something like that. Again, New York, for all its problems and being cleaned up, and I know people romanticize the bad old days of New York, and mm-hmm. they probably weren't as I didn't live here then. They probably weren't as good as you imagine, but right, it does feel scary. like <laughs> it feels like there was, you know, the grit and the authenticity. Mm-hmm. And as it's gotten cleaned up, sure, the city itself has become a little more generic with chain stores and stuff. But that's not on tourism's account. I do think that this place has done a good job. You were coming here because you want to be in New York. We're not going to cater to you too mm-hmm. much, and. Big cities, I guess, are able to do that. They're just too big. They're not gonna, they don't need the tourists. There are, the tourists have always been coming. But the smaller places that want to lure the tourists in, I do think that they sacrifice quite a bit. And I don't know how you... You can't put regulations in. Like You're not allowed to open a gift shop business. Why not? Well, maybe you can. I mean, they regulate all kinds of other things. <laughs> they can regulate that. I mean, I guess you could put that in. It seems like a weird thing, but... Your gift shop must reflect the community. Nothing from China in this gift shop. That's what's the point? Order it online if you're getting, you know, like that. That is something that I think about too. This, getting, yeah, trying to go someplace and get something that's, um, you know, from the region. You're never sure. Like, where's this really made? Is this really something, you know, that is from this place, or is it just that I'm buying it here? There were shops like that in Tokyo where you go in and I'll go look at this cute little bowl. And you look at the bottom, made in China. Yeah. You just look for the ones made in Japan. They were there. Mm-hmm. Then you find that one, even though it's still mass produced. At least yeah. you can say you got it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> got it there. Um, yeah, the, this gets into a different thing, though. People are opposed to government regulations on things. Mm-hmm. And some people are for them. I don't think it needs to be a black or white issue. Yeah. If you're in protecting the integrity of a place. I agree with not having too much government intervention, but I, if I'm making the rules, I would say, who cares? Regulate <laughs> this, please. This is annoying. <laughs> but in essence, you're saying, no, even if there's money to be made, you're not allowed to make it. But I do think that the government's job is to protect its own citizens first. Right. Not, well, a tourist is a citizen. Well, it depends. Depends. Sure. In okay. this, especially in this country, because it's so big yeah. uh, that people will travel within the borders. I feel like, Europe and smaller countries, not to say that there isn't tourism within their own countries, probably isn't as much. That's right. you're getting people from other countries coming in at that point. Right. And I went to Wyoming and bought this lasso and it was made in China. I drove to Wyoming once. Did you? Cheyenne. It was in Denver and I had nothing to do. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna drive up to say I've been to wow. Wyoming. Wow. Okay. I stayed there for ten minutes and then I turned around and drove back. Ten minutes? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say I went. All right. See, that's that's. But I I didn't even shop or anything there. Yeah, yeah. I I parked, walked around for two minutes, just say I stepped foot. Okay. I don't know if that totally counts. It counts. It's like a layover at that point. Yeah, I saw this. Layovers that's, don't count. It's not as a very big place. I saw it. Okay. Wyoming. 
I don't know where it ranks on state size, but it's a pretty big state. It's mm-hmm. up there, mm-hmm. one of the biggest states. Lowest population of all states. Oh, yeah. Rhode Island, smallest state, higher population than Wyoming. <laughs> You're a good tour guide. You have all these facts. I do know facts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start my own tour, I think. Yeah. This is the deli I used to buy sandwiches at. Yep. Let's see if they remember me. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to remember. Those are nice things. Mm-hmm. That will impress the group. I mean, we saw Michael Albanese giving a tour. We did. He does a food tour. Mm-hmm. His food tour is actually very good. Yeah, I would love to go on his food tour. Because he's knowledgeable and he's into it. Michael Albanese, a friend of ours, for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. Who also was on Eric Von Hessler's basement podcast back in 2014. Yeah. When the four of us started that thing. Um, yeah, but he, because he actually has facts and knowledge that he throws out. Mm-hmm. So I maybe I'll start my own tour. What would it be called? I don't know. Just what, what would you call it? What could it be called? A tour Greg's of, secret tour of New York. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But then you really have to find the secrets. I got to start digging a little deeper. Yeah. And it would have to feed one into the next. Like you'd have to map it out properly. The live in New York tour. Here's the yeah. deli. People would say, I'll take, I want to go to that live in New York tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Live in New York. Yeah. I would start it at my apartment. Yes. Everyone, everyone would gather here. It's like, here's a New York apartment. Uh-huh. This is $1,800 a month, and that's a steal for this neighborhood. Uh, this is what you get for that. People take pictures of it. Wow, it's so small. You get the, wow, the sink. Kitchen yeah. sink right near his couch. Right by the couch. Wow, look at that. And then we would go out to the bodega. Okay. Everybody gets to buy something from an uh, authentic, authentica New York bodega. And then we would take the train to uh-huh. just a boring place. Like, here's the ride on the train. I would sell it for $100 a ticket. But uh, at that cost, your Metro card would be included. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I get you some snacks. Like, Seltzer. whatever you got at the bodega. Yeah, you'll cover the bodega. Yeah. Because how much was that going to be? Like, 20 bucks? For... Yeah, I mean, you're they're probably talking like 10 people on a tour at a time, right? <laughs> yeah. I'd love 10 people in this apartment. <laughs> okay. I want to go on this tour. All right, I'll you put work in. it out, and then I'll take the tour, and I'll I'll give you notes. Okay. You oh, got me on in now. We've been so loungy. I know this whole show has been been lounging on the couch. I want to go to the bodega and get another coffee. Okay. Can we do that? Yeah, we'll do that. I'll, I'll practice the tour, like going okay. down the stairs. Mm-hmm. I'll show people how the keys work downstairs on my doors because the second key sticks. And Is everyone, that part of the tour? You think everyone gets to try. Okay. <laughs> You're a real New Yorker now. Wow. Do the buzzer. They get to do the buzzer. I'll buzz you in. That's a that's yeah. a cool like apartmenty New York thing to have a buzzer. Come on up. Yeah, come on up. It's Elaine. <laughs> Until you hear the door slam. Yep. Then you let go of the buzzer. Wow, it's like I'm really in New York. All right. All right. Uh, if you're a tourist, remember this episode <laughs> and don't be an asshole. What, the, what are you? Okay, sure. What? I just, I don't know what that was. I'm saying if, if, if you are going to go out and be a tourist somewhere, think about this episode and learn from it. Okay, got and it. And do what we yes. deem appropriate. Yes, because we set the rules. 
Yeah. We're model citizens. and We have a podcast. <laughs> so we we have more say. You could have a podcast too. Anyone can have a podcast. Yeah. If you, if you disagree, then you start your own podcast and rebuttal to this one and then we'll link it up and then it will start a fight and then both of our podcasts will get huge. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, please go to iTunes or wherever you catch a podcast and uh, like and subscribe. Go to our iTunes page and please review us because we like to see those numbers go up. Anytime we get a new one, Greg texts me and he's excited and it makes me excited. Um, and uh, go experience your life as a tour guide. Nope. As a tourist. Edit that out. Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Pete or Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without mm. any additives or extracts, a company that uses local pepper so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what, let's say no more than five ingredients. Maybe even, and I mean, it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses Five ingredients, what? zero fillers, huh? additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hop Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana-style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no. Tell me, please, now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code 1TOPIC15. Hold on. That's... Yes. Get a pen and paper. One. Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>